Welcome to the Mammoth Gamescast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me as always. Not as always, but, you know, he's back. Filter cord. Guess who's back? And this week, we also have Major Potty with us. Who Howdy. I think is also back. This is your first week back uh, after a couple weeks, right? Yeah, it's been a busy few weeks here, but glad to be back. For sure, for sure. Uh, so, um, if you guys haven't, head on over to facebook.com backslash mammoth games and check all the top news and video game stuff over there chat with us on the daily about all this stuff and more as well follow us on twitter at mammoth games Inc. so you know when we go live and do jump just like this um we have successfully separated our shows we have two uh, kind of smaller shows hopefully for you guys' viewing pleasure um you'll be able to listen to our um monthly show going over all of the games releasing for the month uh we just wrapped up may so uh that'll be coming to you, uh coming your way pretty soon and as well uh this show so it should streamline uh the news we'll be able to jump right into that and then we have some a uh, few other cool things that are kind of coming down the pipeline so stay tuned over on our social medias um but with that said let's just jump right into the news uh, oh, yeah. We have a few things from last week to kind of tidy up some interesting things that happened. So we'll go ahead and jump into those. Um, I think some of the big things, looks like there was one injected there in between. Um, but one of the big things from last week was the uh, PlayStation Store on PS3 and Vita will continue operations to everyone's yeah. surprise. Um, yep. I think it's just the PSP that's going to see its market shut down. I did not know the market was still going for PSP. <laughs> Huge market. I don't... <laughs> all, all three people that are um, still buying... What were those UMDs? Universal Media Disc, baby. It's such a horrible, horrible little thing because working at a video game retailer, they still put them... The only thing they gave us were those uh, really cheap little sleeves uh, for, you know, like CDs. We just had to jam them on in there and throw them yeah. in a drawer. Terrible. Um, but yeah, they... not have lasted well in that. <laughs> no, they did not. We had a big, like, I guess we kept them pretty... We kept them really organized and, you know, most of them were fine. But, you know, there was nothing... A lot of them had, uh, you know, cases. So, you know, we just kind of kept the cases. Um... But, uh, yeah, this was the turnaround from what they were saying before. Uh, I think they were like, hey, you know, PS3 and Vita and PSP, you know, at the time in the discussion, um, looks like, you know, we're just not seeing enough reason to keep it open. Right. And then, Which, of course, the internet does its thing. Yeah, it's understandable to an extent, you know. Um, but, yeah, it ended up... Um, people complained enough, especially with I mean the the Vita in particular. It was such a relatively recent device to have been canceled already. It was kind of yeah, kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, that was only released what a year or two before PS4 released. Uh, let me look. I don't remember, but it did release while we were working there. So. We saw yeah. when I worked there. I saw the release of the PS. Uh, I missed the PS3. Saw the PS4. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the Vita originally released in Japan in December of 2011. It came out in North America, Europe, and pretty much everywhere else in uh, the end of February of 2012. Okay. Okay. So it was by far the so youngest the system on that list. Um, yeah. So they, yeah, it's not really surprising that they kind of had to pull back on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, one of the things why I considered getting a Vita for a while was the fact that you could do remote play with it on with the PS4. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. really, really good features that were there. Unfortunately, the Vita, I still think the Vita was a great idea. It just wasn't um, supported properly. Right. If it had that support, I, I think that thing could have done really well, but... Uh, eventually, it would be, of course, shoehorned by mobile phones. But still a really good idea. Back on the PS3, 
if they would have supported that, it, it, I think it could have. I think it could have been a lot better. Could have been a real competitor for something like uh, mm-hmm. the DS and 3DS at the time. Yeah, right. But uh, I guess that's good news for some people. Um, some of those games were looking to pretty much just die forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think mean, with I a think lot of these, just because the way the PlayStation 3 was developed and everything, a lot of these games just didn't have continuity onto the next generation. I think that's what the biggest outcry for this was, was just trying to keep preserve some of this history and stuff and people's ability to be able to continue playing the things that they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think their plan moving forward is, hey, why don't we develop something? We develop something <laughs> to keep the Vita relevant on you know the current model system, so it's not. I don't think people really care as much for the PS3. I think yeah. the, Vita, the Vita was the the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Um, but you know, of course, um, July second, twenty twenty one, the PSP will effectively be dead. So reign supreme. Oh. All right. It did what it could. You know what I mean? It tried. I mean, it put up a hell of a fight. It lived its life. It lived its life. Fullest. But now it's over, bitch. Die. Yeah. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. All right. Um, did you add this next one, Filter? Yeah, so um, this is kind of something that we typically uh, avoid, I guess, but uh, pretty well-supported rumors here that uh, the Hitman developer IO Interactive... Uh, is working on a new fantasy IP for Xbox, which features dragons. So a lot of people are thinking <laughs> this could be the return, sort of, of Scalebound. Scalebound, yeah. Uh, you know, so like, RIP. I guess Microsoft owned the rights. That was originally going to be a platinum game, right? Yeah. So yeah. it would definitely be completely different. But uh, yeah, so an original Windows Central. Uh, listing kind of led some people look into it. Eurogamer um, used some sources from people within IO, which is describing a AAA scope, still very early, still years away. Currently planned to feature a large medieval world, and yes, winged beast of the dragon variety, um, which kind of makes sense. Um, so it, you know, we'll have to wait and see for a while, but uh, could be pretty cool. Yeah, and this will presumably be the thing that they release after the Project 007, that James Bond thing that they've yep. been that they had already teased. Um, they still have a pretty big staff, surprisingly yep. large staff for a studio that was once owned by Square and then somehow managed to escape relatively unscathed. Um, I know they were sweating bullets. I, I read an article recently saying that they had. Yep. Um, when they left, uh, they had, uh, quote, months of funds left, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So it, it was it was pretty touch-and-go, I think, scary for a bit. And um, that's 400 people, though, you know? That's yeah. a lot of people looking at the old axe. So I'm glad they figured it out. Hitman is, I mean, well, they do it's a great a series. Lot of, well, they do a lot of like regular content drops for the Hitman series, so oh, I would yeah. think that that's probably how they were able to justify keeping everyone is by just continuing releasing uh, more content out for their current Hitman platform games. Right. right. Yeah this this is the this is the pull of the trigger that they needed. Um, you see, most of these large companies establish themselves uh, not with just one game, but at least two titles is, is what you typically see and seeing these guys have hitman and then when they left it's like okay what else and then they're like oh oh, oh james bond we got the james bond thing and they're like everyone's like oh okay i see i see what's happening here you guys kind of have your but those two are a lot alike and then these reports this would be a smart thing for them to do you know mm-hmm. 400 people split that team you know have some people work on both some people work on one thing um, yeah, smart move, B- business-wise, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this will help reestablish them, I think. I agree. And I'd be looking forward to seeing what they would do with this, especially... It, it, it just kind of strikes me as the same kind of example, say, with, like, Gorilla Games having done, um, you know, Killzone franchise for a while, then they did Horizon, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, just branching out and just trying different things and having... And it all working out pretty well for them. So hopefully that will be the same story for um, IO Interactive here. 
That is fun. Right. Would, would would you guys? Um, I know you and I would, uh, um, Brian. We were talking a bit about. Um, you were saying being a big, um, you know, being a big Halo fan. You're like not having an Xbox this for this current gen. You 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 want so, something to scratch the itch. <laughs> so this morning, I was feeling really nostalgic and oh, decided to beat up Master Chief, boot up Master Chief Collection, and was playing a bit of Halo Three multiplayer. And I was just sitting there, just like, maybe I could get an Xbox Series X. It's just like, it was one of those things that are, like, this weekend I've been struggling to figure out, I hadn't been playing much recently just because of everything going on, but it's just like, and the the nostalgia thing was starting to get to me, it's like, man, I really miss playing some just some good old uh, Halo games and stuff, and it's just like, and I keep looking at, like, Halo Infinite, and I, I, I still feel like not a lot has been said about exactly what type of game to expect from it. They had they had the October showcase. It was October, right? Where they showcased it before they delayed it. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, where they the they premiered uh Craig the Brute, um, who's been memed everywhere now. Um yeah. But, like, I keep seeing these nuggets of information that they keep dropping for Halo Infinite, and it makes me wonder, like, is this the game that I've been looking for? And it's in a franchise that I already enjoyed the hell out of? Mm. But it's just, like, I don't know. And I I wouldn't rule it out that there is... More than likely, there is a good chance about... Uh, that I could end up picking up a Series X, um, especially for some of these... And it just feels like there's just a lot of things that Microsoft has in its um, in its lineup that they've just yet to announce, but you know that there's just a bunch of stuff waiting to be announced, probably more than likely next month with um, whatever they do with E3, E3 as well as their own independent thing that they'll probably still also do. Yeah. Um, but they're acquiring studios all over the place. Yeah, they've been doing that for... Man, we've been yeah. reporting on that for probably two years now. Like, back when they were, like, silently sniping people. Yeah. yeah. That was impressive. That was the that was what... The kind of... You know, when you look at it, it's like, hey, this is the thing that they need to do. Yeah, and so it's smart. just like... It, and I think just a lot of it is, is just that we've gone almost an entire generation of... I mean, Xbox had some pretty good stuff come out, but it was just too far and too few in between. We went an entire generation without mm-hmm. a single Fable release. Yep. Um, we only had one traditional uh, new Halo uh, title launch, and that was Halo 5, and that was met with lukewarm reception because the story was just... it. The story was one bait-and-switch from what they advertised. It... I remember the things that they were talking about. It's like, oh, you're Master Chief and you're on the run and you're being hunted and stuff like that. And just it, the story was not what they were trying to advertise it be. And it was just kind of bonkers all over the place. And mm-hmm. there was stuff that they were referencing to comic books that I'm sure most of the people who played had no idea. Granted, I'm one of those few people that like really got into the Halo lore stuff. I mean. I, uh, James, you've seen it. I, I have several of the novels on some of my bookshelves and stuff like that that I've gone through. and um, it, It's a universe I've always enjoyed and stuff, but like Halo 5's story, like it was fun, but it was not memorable to me, which is sad because they introduced a lot of cool things to it, but it just wasn't done in the way that I would have liked to. I mean, we... Um, they had some pretty awesome voice actors come in too for um, Fireteam Osiris to introduce some new characters. They've brought in uh, Spartan Blue Team, Master Chief's crew for the first time in a game. But it just, it still kind of felt a little lackluster, or at least to me, anyways. And that's, and that was a little bit um, heartbreaking. Multiplayer was solid, though. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I could see, um, you know, ever since I was just kind of chatting about it, I was like, yeah, I could see him picking up after Infinite comes out, 
picking that <laughs> title up in that system. Am I that predictable? And I, I don't know if you're that predictable. Um, I, I am. If Let's there be is honest something here. That's I am. Going, if there is something that's going to sway you, I think it's going to be that. It, it is. It's going to be that. It's going to be Fable. Um, it's going to be... They got some really cool stuff that I know that they're going to wow us with here. That's going to want us to come back to it and stuff like that. And I think just a lot of it is it's just that we're still at the very end of... They don't have a lot yet to show, but you know it's there. You can you can feel that they have it. They're ready to go. And they just need a little bit more time. And that's why I haven't picked up a, a next generation Xbox yet. And they, they kind of don't want you to. You know, I, they're more interested in you... Um, you know, subscribing. You know, as exactly. Several, no, their true, their true next gen platform is hundred percent Game Pass, and trying to make that available anywhere that they can make it mm-hmm. available. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Halo Infinite's looking good. Uh, I, if you had, uh, man, it. So I, I'm trying to think of like what PlayStation title could do that for you and the first thing that always comes to mind is Killzone and that's something that we haven't seen for a while now Um, here's something that was um, I don't have this listed in the article or in here and I can't remember if this was discussed in the previous podcast or not but there was a rumor going around that of a first person or of a new IP that um, exclusive for PlayStation and they were bringing in veterans from teams that have been on places like Bungie and stuff like that and people are speculating that this could be like a a first person shooter or a looter shooter that's exclusive to PlayStation and stuff. And that might be what that could potentially be what PlayStation's trying to do because if there is a spot in PlayStation's lineup that is missing, it's definitely in the first person shooter areas and stuff. Because while Killzone was good, it didn't do gangbusters like some of the ex- Xbox exclusive stuff that they had. Yeah, you might be talking about an article we have a little bit further in the show. Um, okay. Yeah, Maybe which is which is fine. Um, yeah, it could even be a good segue into that if you guys want to talk about that. Um, we have uh, Firewalker's AAA team uh, at Firewalker Studio announced a publishing partnership with PlayStation for a new original multiplayer IP. Yeah, um, that would be the um, thing I was referencing to. Yeah, yeah, and you know, as you were saying, it, the studio has um, assembled, you know, an amazing, as they say, amazing and diverse uh, team, best in its class, talent, focused on creating amazing moments. Um, some of the people that they're looking at, leadership is no stranger to building memorable multiplayer experience. <laughs> Ryan Ellis, our game director, was creative director mm. on Destiny. Um, yep. Elena Segman, our executive producer, was the producer and Guitar Hero 2, Bioshock Infinite, and multiple Destiny releases. Um, so, yeah, I think this is exactly what you were talking about. Um, yeah. And, and that was something should be... that was surprising throughout. Th- this, yeah. was, this was um, just a couple days back. Um, so, yeah, you, yeah you know, this would knows? be, like, I would, if this ended up being a shameless Halo clone, I would be okay with that. Just make it, like, I don't know, just give it definitely the time, love, and care that they've definitely given to the Halo franchise for the last few decades here, and I could be all in on that, too. And I think that's just what... There's something about it that just keeps bringing it back, and I don't know if it's the style, the aesthetics, the world-building that they did for it, or something. I don't know. Combined with the nostalgia, for sure. Yeah, if they put that kind of care into what they're developing here i definitely could see myself being all in because that was how i got into all into uh destiny was it was the same people who made a franchise that i love halo and bungie they're trying something different but they still have that same aesthetic style to it where it's kind of um I don't know how to describe it it's just like it's it's very bold in its coloring schematic and stuff they weren't it wasn't going for hyper-realistic. It was kind of more stylized, I guess, for lack of a better term. I don't know. I'm probably not the best person to describe it here, but um, it just has that similar aesthetic that I was familiar with, and it had that same kind of world-building that they 
were hopefully promised, but even with all the hours I spent in Destiny, it still ended up being kind of not what I was hoping for because in order to get the lore and the world and just the story in general fleshed out, you had to go through like these hoops of fire just to find out some of the more basic details of it. And I hope that they learn from that lesson what they're making here and just do that. I, I, I really liked um, as well... You know, I, I played a lot of Halo. I played a, like I liked Halo a lot while I was, you know, growing up. And as well, you know, Killzone was coming out. Resistance was something. Um, you know, they, they were still doing Resistance games. Um, and, <laughs> Dude, Resistance and, was fun. I played quite a bit of the first one on a friend's PS3 back when that um, first launched, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I I really liked uh, back then. I really liked Killzone. I, I had a lot of um, I had a lot of fun with Killzone. Actually, one of our mutual friends, um, like we played a lot of Killzone when the PlayStation Four launched, uh, when Shadowfall came out. Um, but I think that definitely wasn't their best game. But it, it would be interesting to see them kind of return, you know, return to that at some point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, flushing it out, giving it the time it deserves, um, mm-hmm. and, and that could be something. You know, the the idea of having you know, this... I think that was the thing that they were missing with Killzone. They were missing the massive hero. Yeah. Um, the, you know. That one, you know, just someone that you could tie your, you know, your franchise to, that mascot that they were looking for. Yeah, and they did not have that, and that's why I think both Resistance and Killzone kind of faded. Yeah. And they haven't I, I also feel like a lot of people, and kind of myself included, were kind of a little bit turned off from... I know this sounds like a nitpicky thing with Killzone, but it's like... The color palette that they used was definitely a lot more muddier and not as like hyper colored as like what the Halo franchise was. And I think in, in that era where you had a lot of like your Gears of Wars and stuff like that, it's it, it feels like that whole generation there was this everyone was going for like trying to go hyper real, but it was just all this endless swashes of like grays and browns and stuff like that that just kind of made it hard to look at sometimes. And that's also what kind of helped this stand out is that um, they were more bolder in their style here. Yeah, yeah. It is the thing that definitely made Halo stand out. I mean, you're, you're it, and plus it was open to a wide audience. Kill oh, zone, yeah. Kill zone, you were gutting people. There's no ways around that. You were jamming a knife into this person's neck and cutting it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Halo was a little more, yeah. But like, look, it's a cute little like. It's mature, but alien, right? Y- you know, you're it, it's alien blood, so it doesn't count. Yeah, it's, and, it, it's right. blue. It's not even a red. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it was just something I was thinking about after our conversation. Like what. What, what could it be something like Killzone? Could it be something like Resistance, or does it have to be something brand new that you've never seen before, like this i this original IP? Um, I, it, I would honestly like to see them go new with it. Sure. Do something. Uh, I mean, granted, I know that's kind of like what a lot of people go with, but like, make it a new IP and then that gives you a little bit more creative freedom. You're not having to worry about the history of what this franchise has done and gives you just a little bit more room to work with and really kind of create something new with it. Cool. We went off on a complete tangent there. So uh, (laughs) I apologize for that. We were talking about a dragon game from the makers of Hitman, and now (laughs) we're talking about... First-person shooter exclusives between Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, you, you never know. You never know what you're gonna get. So, um, next bit, surprising bit. I don't know. Is this surprising? Is the question? Um, but uh, Jeff Kaplan, he is uh, Overwatch's director, has bailed from Blizzard. Um, mm-hmm. That that's interesting. He didn't say what he was doing. Um, he just, you know, said, you know, it was an honor, honor of a lifetime to, you know, um, create worlds and heroes for this passionate audience. 
um, you know, kind of goes into his regular, like, thank you, special thanks, uh, you know, all the general stuff when someone bails from the company. Um, and this is happening while Overwatch 2 is in development. Yeah. So that's, that's something. It is, what, what is that, what does that mean? Uh, they, you know, from everything that I read, um, you know, it's not going to affect that at all. Um, but, I mean, it has to affect that, right? It, oh, oh <laughs> sorry. It, um, I would think just matters at where they're at as far as the production styles, or the production standpoint that they're at with Overwatch 2. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, part of me wants to say, yes, that's going to have an effect, because the director, you know, people turn to them and say, hey, what is this? And he's the person who keeps everything going in the direction, the director. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if he's saying, yeah, we're going this way, and they get someone else in there, and their eye, no matter how similar it could be, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. Um, so that's, you know, that that's... That, that's my question. And first of all, I'm someone who was like, do we need an Overwatch 2? Can we just keep yeah. going with Overwatch 1? Can you guys just keep building? Well, yeah. from what I understand with Overwatch 2 is they're just trying to... <clears throat> they're taking what... It almost sounds like more of an Overwatch 1.5 because you're still going to be able to play the multiplayer of Overwatch 2 with people who are playing Overwatch 1. Right. I think that's yeah, really weird. It's, it almost sounds like um, what Bungie tried to do with Destiny 2, where they're try they didn't really... They did, but they didn't need to do Destiny 2. They could just continue forward with Destiny 1, but they've probably got some ideas of what they want to do with 2 here, with Overwatch. And I know that they want to... I know that they're adding in uh, single-player uh, elements, like I think a campaign and stuff, into it. And maybe yeah, just with the, the way the first one is set up, they couldn't really do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. I did, you know, I was like, I mean, I could see it too if you had a story player or a single player component. But and with like the cutscenes or the the shorts cinematics that they do for Overwatch Two or for Overwatch in general, uh -huh. they absolutely could do a, a single player story for that world. Oh, for sure. These guys, I mean. Every time we see something new in the World of Warcraft universe, I get excited and go like, holy shit, this looks really good, I want to return. And then I go back and look at gameplay and I'm like, never mind. Um, I mean, that's interesting because <coughs> that's where, um, you know, that's where Jeff started. He started, you know, joined Blizzard back in 2002 as a designer in World of Warcraft, developing quests. Um, and eventually, uh, 2009, he spearheaded that unannounced Blizzard title called Project Titan. Um, and then that was killed, Overwatch was born, and here we are. Um, I don't know, that feels weird. That, and it feels like a very sudden departure as well. Um, so so hey, that, that's one thing for me, is like, where... Why so sudden? There has to be something yeah. that, that made him go, eee. Or, I, you know, something really that made, interesting to see where he goes. Or something that made yeah. him go, oh... That's awesome, you know, and like drew his attention. So um, it could possibly be that. I mean, if you're working there for see 2002, so that's nineteen like years. Nineteen oh, years. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to kind of get bored with that after a while, even if you're still chugging out like awesome stuff for Blizzard and everything. Nineteen years is a long time to be in the same creative flow. And not try to do something new. And I'm guessing that might be what is going on here. Is that he probably saw something that he wants to do himself. And yeah. wants to go that way. I'm, I'm expecting I'm expecting an indie announcement. Um, to be honest. I'm expecting him <laughs> to say hey like I'm working with these other like six people on this thing. Yeah. Um, you know which we see quite a lot. And then that ends up blowing up bigger than they want it to typically. So then you know a vicious cycle of him leaving the thing that he created again. Um, or not again, but leaving the thing he created. Uh, 
but yeah, that that was an interesting thing from last week as well. Um, the next bit was something actually you and I, Brian, we talked about Apex getting an update, uh, like a three v three mode arena, um, and kind of doing some stuff that is pulling in some of those you know Counter Strike Valorant style players, people that like. Um, you know, one life, trying to survive as long as you can um, in this. And, yeah, there's... It uh, looks like they're calling it the um, Legacy Update. I could definitely see myself getting back into Apex for this. I... This is a such a fun game mode to do. Um, the especially game in general is incredibly fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we were talking about this, we were both playing Call of Duty, and I know I'd been talking like, man... Been kind of interesting to get into some search and destroy. The only thing is that you can't work on leveling up your guns so much because it's less kills in search and destroy than say team deathmatch or domination or something. Yeah. But like my friends and I, we used to play Counter Strike, um, both 1.6 and Source back in high school all the time, and it was just such a fun time to play that. And uh, a Counter Strike. Um, Valorant's game mode for inside the world of Apex, that would be... I would love to see what that would be like. So, yeah, they're... Um, of course, with the update, uh, it looks like the update hits um, in two days of recording this, so you guys will be hearing this tomorrow. Uh, on Monday, it'll be coming out Tuesday with new Legends, close quarters mode, um, and a compound bow. Uh, they're doing quite a lot. Um, so, that's cool. The arena mode, the 3v3... Um, is definitely going to be a smaller chunk of the map. They're like, here's the map, you know, um, moving some things around, so that'll be, you know, new. Um, it looks like they're adding some other interesting things within it. Um, they have a buying phase. Each round begins with uh, the buying phase, which lets players arm themselves with weapons, consumables, healing items, projectiles, and uh, even abilities. Um, and then... Uh, you know, and, and then from there, you guys go in trying to use teamwork and tactics to yeah. uh, you it, know, outmaneuver. And on the buying of the abilities, it's not that you get to those abilities recharge like you do in the, in the Battle Royale main game. It's that you can only use that ability once or X amount of times. So you have to be really tactical in your usage of that particular ability. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. They showed off a few maps. They showed off, um, it looks like uh, two chunks of the current map that they're on. Oh, um, yeah. These look very familiar. I'm trying to check out the name. Uh, Party Crusher and Phase Runner maps. So those are the two uh, in, in the New World. And I really like the Party, um, I think it's the Party Crusher. Uh, yeah. Isn't it the looks Party kind Crusher of supposed to be like the crashed party barge of um, Mirage or something like that. Oh, is it? That's funny. I, I, I don't know. It might be an homage of the party barge. I, I can't remember, it is. but man, that thing was so much fun. It is. I, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at that photo, and the party barge is a chunk of this map. It is. That's hilarious. Yeah. Mirage can't fly for shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this is coming out pretty soon. Um, of course, the new legend... Uh, is a character named Valkyrie. Um, really reminds me if you are looking at someone from uh, like Overwatch. This really reminds me of like Farah. Oh, has the yeah, rocket a has a rocket pack, and yeah. has a, this one has a really really sick like ultimate ability. Flies up in the air and has uh, a series of rockets just all blast out and just peppers uh, a designated area on the ground. Um, I think so. That's cool. I think it's yeah, it um, it's very much like the Titan. I think that her character's father piloted and stuff. Um, in Titanfall two, it was God the name of it, the North Star. Uh, the North Star's like ability was to be able to do exactly that, where it had a you know a temporary flight mode where you can then just barrage an entire area with it. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, so still have the you know of course the battle royale. Um, and all your 
you know, standard stuff. They're adding um, that compound bow. Um, I, I, I assume it'll be one hit kill and just violently OP. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, be on the, be on the So it'll be on par with pretty much any bow that's added into a game. Into any <laughs> video game, yeah. Um, and then, uh, it looks like Olymp- yeah, the map itself is getting a big update. Um, looks like something either fell over or parked itself right in the middle of the map. Um. I'm gonna say both. Yeah, and, and it definitely has, like, this, like, root tree thing growing mm-hmm. all around it and uh, yeah B- big updates more big updates coming to this map um, I wonder how much longer until we get another new map I'm not sure how long this one's been here but it feels like a while we've only had two since the game has been out so that's pretty um, that's, that's pretty lengthy I think um, but yeah go check out um, right you know, go, go check it out their PlayStation blog has a really good spot on it you can check out uh, everything coming to the Apex Legends Legacy update. They still only have like the current gen version of this game, correct? They haven't released a next gen update for it, right? I don't believe so. I don't think they've I done think, that yet. I think I was checking the store either yesterday or the day before trying to see if they had released a PS5 version. I yeah. only saw PS4. Yeah. They'll, they'll, get, they'll definitely do one. Um... I imagine probably before the end of this year. Um, I would I imagine, imagine so. I would imagine this will be announced probably right around E3, to be honest. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, definitely know they're already hard at work on that. All right, the next one was something Johnny threw in here. Um, it was talking. Uh, it, it was an article talking a bit about um, the rumor of Sony blocking Resident Evil 8 from coming to Xbox Game Pass. Um, yeah. I don't know what he was getting at with this. Because um, I, I didn't look into it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I'm going to throw this in here. And, you know, he definitely planned on being here. But um, let's see. Well, this sounds a lot like the a few weeks ago where other contract stuff was released about... Um, Capcom games and PlayStation that end up being more or less just your typical negotiation stuff that PlayStation uh, like features can't be exclusive off of yeah or on other platforms and not on PlayStation things like that right yeah um, and and everything that I was seeing we usually don't like to dive into these too much yeah a lot of the more reliable people or like hey this looks pretty fake to me um so you know <laughs> just something to i guess keep an eye out for i i don't know why it would be talked about going to game pass so early um yeah because it's not like they had tried to do that before right this was definitely right. not something coming to game pass day one or anything so you know not something i'm too worried about i guess but you know, we'll keep an eye on it all right, let's get to the filter cord section of the show, <laughs> where we start ripping on games. Hell yeah! EA, uh, I'm about to start killing. So, <laughs> um, the first one here. Uh, so it, yeah, we kind of have a little section for me to uh, enjoy. Um, so GameStop CEO um, George Sherman, who is relatively recent acquisition, right? Like I remember talking when he was first brought on at GameStop. Um, yeah, let me look and see when he um, when, when he ended up popping up here. Uh, yep. so go ahead and continue. I'll chime in with that in a second. So, uh, as Reuters reports, uh, for quitting in his the CEO position uh, this summer, he will be getting a $179 million payout. And that is down from what it could have been. If the company would have met its performance targets, he would have received an additional $98 million. So he did join this role April 2019. Yeah, so um, he hasn't even been there that long. Right, right. Uh, who did he replace? I can't, I don't know. Who's to say? Let, let, me, let, let me look. I think he replaced... I think I know who he replaced. Um... Actually, think 
So, obviously, GameStop had a really weird year just because of the, like, memeness of its stock price. <laughs> yeah, and that's a uh, big January. reason. That's a big reason why he's getting... Um, I'm sure. But why, why he's getting such a big payout. I feel like yeah. it would be much less if it wasn't or for... He sucks. sold too late, and that's why he's not getting the nut, getting more than what he's getting here. Yeah. Ah, no. See, the person I was thinking of was senior vice president. Okay, uh, and that's also partially because he actually took a pay cut uh, at the mid middle of last year. He took a pay cut and uh, switched it over to stock. That was a hell of a choice. That's <laughs> that's the choice. That was the yeah. choice. Yeah. Um, I mean that was it seemed like a bad idea at the time, but I mean look back now, baby. He's like he's like, guys, I'm really telling you, you gotta buy into this one. And they're like Oh my god. They're like, George, you're always talking shit, man. Right? It would have been <laughs> what, ten dollars a share at that point? <laughs> yeah, if, something like that. Yeah, yeah, if that. Um it, I I think I I I can look to see what the last five years has looked like. I, I believe this stuff that they were down like in the eight dollar range. Yeah, um, take a quick look d- during that time. But G-N-E. that's not the one I want. Um, Let's see five year range. So yeah, they were bouncing around the four dollar range until about November of last year, so, and then that's where things have just took off. And now they're currently sitting at. $179 a sh- No, sorry. Uh, $173 a share. Damn. Yeah, which is down from their 325 peak. Peak. Holy um, shit. When he joined, it was about a l- just shy of $12 a share. And he watched it take a hit down to you know, 3 and 4 bucks, And then he swapped everything over for whatever foresighting reason. Legend. What a, I mean, he earned it at that point. You know what I mean? You can't say that, like, you definitely can't say that he didn't. He had, he took yeah. a shot at something. He took a shot and he got it. So he didn't. He shot it and he got it. Yeah. Um, he so shot that's, a shot. That's that's something. But <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. the dude shot a shot and got it. Uh, but shot it, got it. Man. So it's not going to throw it away. Uh, we have a follow-up that's in the same uh, bracket here. Um, going to be more brutal, so buckle up. Fucking Activision <laughs> CEO Bobby Kotick. Here he comes. Uh, who has been famous for a while. So um, he's been in the headlines for his leadership practice, especially in 2019. At the time, uh, Blizzard laid off more than 800 employees despite a highly profitable year. Only to have it revealed that Kodak's salary came in at $30 million. Since then, more layoffs have occurred, and big names at Blizzard have been moving on to pursue other ventures. We just mentioned one. Um, so the, uh, the umbrella has been a constant source of scrutiny in the gaming community, especially in regards to Kodak and his extravagant salary. The CEO has agreed to a 50% bonus reduction and also a salary cut moving forward as long as, uh, in addition to several other key changes. Um, so let's see, it talks about more specifics here. Uh, the base salary for the executive has been quote unquote slashed from 1.75 million mm-hmm. to 875,000 on an annual basis. I don't think I could survive on that. I don't know. I don't know how you can pay for your third out with that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, the fifty percent bonus reduction has a <laughs> ceiling of one point seven five million uh, for each fiscal year. What was that? So what was that South Park thing? Like, do you see him over there? That's the drummer for Metallica, Lars Ulrich, and he's <laughs> crying because he wanted to put a gold-plated water fountain next to his uh, next to his um, perfectly in-ground pool. And he has to wait a month. (laughs) He has to wait a month so he can save up money to get it. I can't imagine that (laughs) kind of challenge. Crazy. So this motherfucker (laughs) was getting, (laughs) routinely getting like 30, 40 million a year. As he was like, 
especially when you look at shit like um so yeah back in 2017 he netted 20 over 28 and a half million dollars even after a pay cut which is 300 times more than their average employee uh, while this while this kind of massive increase is nothing normal for a person in a CEO position, you have to consider that he also eliminated 800 employees only to immediately turn around and say that they needed to fill 2,000 spots. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, a lot of the a lot of the content is saying like, okay, so this is this is a start, but they're gonna have to like do a lot more because. This is also coming off of the same news that, um, you know, that Activision, uh, every single Activision studio is now involved in Call of Duty production. In some way. In some way. Yeah. I mean, Toys for Bob is now working yeah. on the current season of Call of Duty War, Warzone. Couldn't, couldn't picture uh you know couldn't possibly come up with a better person better team to be leading a first person military style shooter than uh the fucking spyro guys yeah right yeah and got him like even even looking at that um i think we were talking about this uh the other day and just talking about like first of all uh raven software who Mm -hmm. is now working you know working and collaborating with uh infinity ward on call of duty right now well raven is not one of the main call of duty studios yeah right right which is insane because uh they were kind of all over the place um Mm. they were i think they were with um lucas arts at some point uh they had worked with id software uh they had Let's see what else had they done. Yeah, they were with LucasArts because they were the Jedi Outcast people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Great ones. And Jedi Academy as well. Both um, really good. And I believe this was the studio that did uh, um, X Men Legends, right? Uh, I'm trying to look at their list of games here. Pretty well. Hexen Heretic Star Trek. Developed. Yep. X Men Legends was developed by yep. Barking Lizard Technology and Raven Software. And of course, did you say Barking Lizard? Barking uh, Lizard? They also did the. Uh, they worked on the original Ultimate Alliance. I was yeah. just about to say, I could have sworn I remember yep. seeing their logo pop up for Ultimate uh, Alliance. The, the 2009 uh, Wolfenstein, which was not beloved, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then since basically that uh in let's see so they did that they were the creators of singularity if you remember that game okay uh, yeah. kind of a weird one again kind of an um, game. after that they worked on black ops modern warfare 3 black ops 2 ghosts advanced warfare call of duty online black ops 3 infinite warfare modern warfare remastered world war 2 black ops 4 uh modern warfare Warzone, black ops cold war so that's all they're ever doing again pretty much yeah, it sucks. And, like, looking at the studio itself, like, they went from, you know, I, I have some shots here on the, live, on the live stream of, you know, X-Men Legends 2. They went from this, like, crisp thing of this mm. interesting, like, isometric multiplayer thing to Call of Duty. That seems weird. But... Yeah. You know, maybe they wanted that. You know, maybe they wanted that. Maybe um, every studio underneath Activision wants to play or make Call of Duty. Yeah, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But damn, so that's crazy uh, that they they went from this to uh, basically everyone's making Warzone now. Uh, but you know, it's all about what makes them money. So, yeah. I guess no, that's hundred percent. It is. Is I think Activision is just trying to double down on what they know makes them money, and it's right. that's what they're doing. And yeah. what what makes Bobby Kotick money specifically? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he needs yeah. his yacht, his third yacht. So it, a man can't live on just two. I mean, he, it, I mean just to be fair, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't make sense. Where is he yeah, so, going to um, escape from? Your escape to. Yeah. Well, he's it's escaping from that escape. struggling yacht building industry. Yeah. This yeah. is this is again just one of the things that's like 
you're not like doing yourself favors here dude you're like <laughs> you know you're putting yourself out to be hated for really no reason because I, I don't know does Bobby Kotick specifically is he the reason that Activision has had such a fall I guess it's possible but probably not right well with that face that is on the I mean the face don't face. help <laughs> yes. the face do yes, not it help is. but yeah it's just, I couldn't help but laugh when I pulled it up because I forgot that it was there and then you it's, were already going you like in a ton on of bricks, him doesn't it you were going in on him, and I was like, fuck. This motherfucker, it's cross-eyed ass. <laughs> he does, he's right. the type of person that when you see him, you want to just, like, unload on him. Uh-huh. He's just got that kind of look. He just has, I've never just has a face. interacted with him, obviously. He could be a nice guy, I have no idea. Yeah. In his fuck defense, him. I don't think there's a single CEO that actually has a good picture of themselves. That's a great I think point. it's Can't a staple a good of, fucking photographer? of being a CEO. You know? Let me see. Well, let me look him up. Okay, yeah, so we... Are you typing in... Are you typing in in a Google search the hottest CEO? Yeah. Okay, no, nope. That's the only way I, we can track him down, I think. I landed on my boy. He was, uh, you know, when we were mentioning, okay, who took that position? He was the senior vice president of stores for GameStop, Mike DeZura. Uh Great guy. Great guy. Okay. My, you know, when, when we worked there, my district manager... Uh, did not he refused he deleted my uh, LinkedIn um, invite uh, did he did nothing for me but Mike Dezura <laughs> he accepted <laughs> and he was completely cool about it uh, so uh, definitely hats off to him he moved all around he moved uh, EV operations for GNC and now he is the division president for mattress firm at least it's not Gabe mattress right? firm isn't that's literally a scam <laughs> it's a scam <laughs> Yeah, but it's not GameStop. <laughs> okay, but it's not GameStop. You're right. GameStop also is a scam, so who am I to say? Yeah. Okay. Man. Oh, right. he, I, I wonder if he's kicking himself a little bit. Like, shit, I had all those stocks that they gave Dude, me, I and so now I'm over here. fucking ownership in GameStop, and I'm just fucking... God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, all right, so... Okay, so yeah, we talked about the uh, Firewalk Studio. Talked about that. Uh, now we're looking at... Uh, uh, Johnny put up this article about Returnal getting <laughs> review bombed already. This is the first weekend with Returnal. Looks like it was getting review bombed mostly uh, because of the way the game is played. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that's okay. Fair. That <laughs> I, I saw that it was getting review bombed, but I hadn't looked at the reasons why. And the reason is because the way it's played. Uh, so. From yeah, what does what, that mean? From what I understand is they a lot of people are upset because it doesn't have a traditional save feature. Oh, you have to start over. Yeah. I've heard uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. people are rather upset. That, that does suck. You it, know, it sucks a little bit, but if yeah. you're going to sit down and play it, you know, sit down for an hour and play it. Right. You know, get through this, this thing that you're working on. Um, well, it's interesting. Like, I, I guess... Um, so, like, the only way to get it into a pause mode is to just put your console in rest, right? And the PlayStation 5 cannot hold multiple games running at the same time like the Xbox can. Yeah. It yeah. So you'll lose the whole run. I guess What's I've heard of feature? people's runs going for, like, three hours. Okay. So I That's guess long. if you're really good at it, this becomes an issue. Or if you're yeah. playing on extremely... E I don't know if there's a difficulty slider or whatever. But uh, Maybe for some reason, you're having a really easy run. Maybe... This becomes an issue. I don't know if it's actually really a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, given ahead. what type of game Returnal is, I don't think this is like this. Kind of seems more in tune with what the game is supposed to be. Yes, I agree. Hmm. Um, it, it, it's almost kind of like the was it Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, where like if you died so many times, it would actually delete your save file. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't that turn out to not never actually happen? It yeah, was just I think a threat? I remember hearing the rumor, but I don't think it was actually okay. a thing. I, I can't remember Smart. if it was that. There was there was something there. That yeah, the game around. told you that it would delete itself. <laughs> is, but it, it is it weird that that like I was excited for that? Yeah, like that, I wanted that. I was like, actually, can, can we just I have that? Think <laughs> I, I either never died or I only died once because I was so careful. It made me such a like diligent player. Yeah. That's, it's kind of funny. That's good. It literally the game was like, "Hey, play this well and don't be an idiot." And I was like, "Okay, 
I was gonna be a dumbass, but shit, I really came into this. All right, you got me, guys. Okay. Um. So this one was really funny. Uh. This guy uh gave his review. Uh. His Metacritic user Mm. name blah 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 listed here. He had made four reviews total that were all post May first, twenty twenty one. Three mm. are ten ratings for Red Dead Redemption Two, Control, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, with a mm. zero rating for Eternal, saying that their main problem is why is the main character so ugly? Damn! What the fuck? What? Just throwing shade at some actress for no reason? Don't even know. It has no impact on him at all. If anything, this thing, you know, that would be if if you are bothered that much. That is, god damn it! That's is that grim? <laughs> I think I think it's grim. It might be grim. That seems like a grim thing that you'd say. Um, but even at that, like, what, what would you at worst that impacting you would you could bump it down by like a half a point in your review? There's like, no way. At, it's at a zero. certain point, who cares? You're not hey. focusing on that. You, They're turning maybe away from in the cutscenes. So that's about it. Is most of the time you're focusing on the actual gameplay and action and <laughs> honestly that nah that's nah. dumb yeah. grow up i agree yeah um so i, I don't know it, it's weird I, i've heard a lot of love for eternal um a lot, a lot of the people that i that i follow that have played it that are you know were generally interested in it i was super stoked for it right away um and since I was like, it, it, we're just getting to that time, and I'm afraid that I just won't have the amount of time to dedicate toward that. But it is something I still want to play. Um, so it is kind of a, a you know, a, t- a tough spot for me. But everyone that I know that is playing it, I haven't heard a bad thing from. And that's what I've seen too. Is that every everybody that I follow that has been playing this right now have been absolutely enjoying it and. I don't plan on playing it at the moment, but when things kind of cool down for me and I'm looking for something that sh- something new to try, I think Returnal might be that particular game I look into picking up to for like a weekend and giving, you know, trying something new for me. Yeah, it's really something that you, um, it's really when you're like, man, I want something different. And and th- because this is a different game, and this is coming from mm-hmm. the guys who gave us uh, Resogun. Yeah, uh, when the PlayStation Four launched. Yeah, typically like an arcadey studio. So this is like a. This is still kind of arcadey. An, yeah, when but it's like an arcade roguelike. Yeah. Which is weird. I guess arcades are the the original uh, roguelikes. If you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it, it's it's really interesting. I mean, Resogun was this. You know, it, everything had um, a focal point. Everything just rotated around that focal point. Um, this did. It does that, but it removes the focal point and just puts it into a you know a third person like bullet hell, almost. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I I think it's really good. It's just right now for me personally, the thing that's holding me back um, is I, I'm not really a speed run kind of person. Yeah. Um. So, but I have heard Returnal is like Housemark's best. This is their closest thing that they've done to a AAA and. Um, everything that I've seen, I want to see them continue down this path. I want to see what, you know, what what things they can get into because their system that they already have is it it, it is money. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. definitely a value. Um, I mean, we don't see a lot of you know Zone of the Ender style games anymore, uh, right. and and they're bringing that into a modern twist. So definitely good, definitely good. Yeah, and then our uh, going back to the business side again on our final story here to, um, I guess, kind of discuss... I, I think we might have a little bit of uh, trailing off on this one just because we were kind of talking about it ahead of time. But uh, yeah. Microsoft is altering their cut of PC game releases. Um, they've, we know they've been trying to get into the PC market for a while uh, more heavily, which is funny that, what, 80% of all physical like computers sold are microsoft and yet yeah. they uh have had an issue with pc gaming for a long time so they're they're cutting their take from 30 percent down to 12 percent, which is the same as the epic game store right yes 
that's the important piece. Yeah. Um, so that's going to cut out. They're already showing like, hey, we're already doing better than Steam. We're on par with, uh, you know, on par with Epic Game Store. Um, you guys want to get in bed with us rather than Epic. It, it's a, I mean, that's the way it should be. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really, really good. I, I'm interested to see how their uptake, where this takes them. Yeah. Um, just giving those independent developers a chance, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I think extra this is eighteen percent, right? Yeah, yeah, that's big. Yeah, that's big. This is a win-win scenario for pretty much everyone involved with it. Microsoft will definitely be looking more favorably for putting stuff in their store. So, th- the amount of deals that they'll be receiving, you know, the amount of offers and deals will definitely be increasing for them, as well as the general interest. Yeah. Indie developers are going to be getting a break and being able to um, have more to money to work with for their games and stuff. And then this will also put pre- even more pressure on Steam too to bring down their cut to help with developers. Mm-hmm. Now that you don't just have Epic Games doing this, you also have Microsoft doing this too. Yeah, it kind of so, has to force their hand a little bit. Yeah, you would think it hopefully. Would they're now odd man out and so if they're if they i mean it'll be curious to see if there is a reaction to this but i gotta say that now there's got to be some sort of reaction out of steam for this that people are looking at both either epic or microsoft a little bit more favorably here and the way that microsoft's been going um if, if you have i mean if you're like, like I was, uh, I did not have a, an Xbox console, but I did have Game Pass. Game Pass brings a lot of things. Uh, back then when I started, didn't bring everything to PC, but it brought a lot of things, things sp- that I wanted to play specifically. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll jump into that, 10 bucks, and I'll get mm-hmm. access to the entire library. And now I'm playing all of those things on PC through their launcher. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the play. You know, that's mm-hmm. that you're inviting them in, and then you're like, "Hey, hang out here." Um, Just and, give them a little taste and get them hooked. Yeah, and once developers start seeing that, oh, maybe my, may, you know, maybe my game that you know could make this, you know, these numbers, maybe not on its own, and then I'd be losing eighteen percent more to something like Steam. Maybe I could take it over to Xbox. Maybe they chuck it on their, you know, their thing. You know, we get it on Game Pass, get more people's hands on it, and they give me a flat rate that's more than I would, you know, anticipate on making on this itself. Um, kind of a win-win, um, like you were saying, for sure. Very interesting. Yeah. So th- this is one of those things, uh, a wait-and-see kind of situation mm-hmm. that I- definitely won't be the last time we hear about that i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure uh steam has to have some sort of reaction being the, yeah i would still say the leader of the marketplace oh yeah is is valve owned by anybody just curiosity valve yeah they're or are they they are the owner yeah they are the owner see the other thing that i can think of this is the reason why valve would be more resistant to doing this is on the basis that they are their own owners, whereas Microsoft is the corporate juggernaut that it is, and then right. Epic has Unreal Engine, which pretty much the majority of the industry uses. Mm-hmm. So it still might not be as enough to incentivize Steam to bring it down unless they start to see a massive drop-off in people wanting to... Um, put their stuff on their platform first or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm also... It, it was just a thought that kind of occurred to me just now. It's just like, this could also be a game of financial backing too, whereas Epic and Microsoft are more um, financially um, resilient to be able to make a move like mm-hmm. this, whereas Valve may not be quite so flexible. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, I was just looking into Valve a little bit, and I was like, "Damn, they're really, you know, really doing it." Gabe Noel owning fifty percent of that thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just things you don't think about, but. Um, Y'all mind if I make a hundred trillion dollars real quick? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, but we'll see. Um, yeah. 
looking at it all, all in all, um, like I, I would kind of prefer Steam, just because they're you know they're a smaller thing. If you give this power solely you know to Microsoft and they're kind of the leader of the PC marketplace, then it becomes kind of a. I think it's good for Microsoft to not be the leader of that marketplace. Just because yeah, or at it's least like, they have to fight. Yeah, yeah. because th- then it becomes this, you know, it's it's no longer what the people want kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's it's whatever we want to do because uh, looking at the difference in total like equity, um, Valve as of 2019 was um, $10 billion, uh, whereas mm. Microsoft is <laughs> $143 billion. Um, <clears throat> It's a lot. Yeah. It's and and I, I don't know if that power is you know is a smart thing. You know, is entirely good for it, one person to have. Yeah, for for one company yeah. to have, uh, especially over something that a lot of people enjoy. Um, so worrisome. Uh, yep. but we'll see what happens. It, it is good on them, no matter what the the uh, cut of game. Um, you know that cut from thirty to twelve. That's uh, definitely good for people making the games which is you know the people we on this show traditionally root for so yep all right that's the show for this week uh thank you guys for hanging out um if you get the chance head over to facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc check out all the top news and video game stuff over there as well follow us on twitter at mammoth games inc so you know when we go live uh be on the lookout if you're listening to this and have not checked out our monthly show check out that monthly show it's going to tell you all the games coming out for the month of may all of your freebies with games with golden playstation plus and some other uh you know random banter from us uh, as well we are doing a story mode um that'll be coming out soon um in preparation for a game that we mentioned uh, in actually this show and the uh, games releasing show monthly show um, yeah. so uh, definitely check out all the content you can give us feedback we appreciate that but for Mammoth Games Inc I'm one of your hosts Night Swarm I'm Filter Cord. and you can find me at Major Potty <laughs>